everyone, welcome to First Person Shooters, where you come for the games, but stay for the seething rivalry. First Person Shooters? <laughs> Kidding? Oh, whoops. <laughs> First Person Shooters. Stay on Bron, Kitty. Stay on Bron. <laughs> Don't send them to a genre. We want them to like the podcast. <laughs> Okay, and welcome to First Person Shouters. <laughs> should I repeat? Come for the game, stay for the rivalry? Maybe the seething I should, uh, rivalry. The seething rivalry. Maybe I should emphasize uh, that I promise we're actually friends. We just pretend to hit each other. <laughs> That's right, Chris. Pretend. <laughs> yeah, Johnny. <laughs> Dick. <laughs> As our usual uh, format is, we're going to start with the games that we played this week, and then we're going to move on to news, although it's kind of going to overlap a little bit because there were some games that were played that came up in the news. Uh, on that note, I'm going to let uh, either Chris or Johnny start this week so that they can get into a good old rant. We never introduced ourselves. Yeah. Shit! I have a name, Kitty. <laughs> Damn I'm it! I'm just a talking head. I bring a personality to this. <laughs> ah! <laughs> Yeah, and I and we just had this discussion as well about like how we're gonna introduce ourselves as like different like kind of what we bring to the podcast. So well, okay, I'll start. Thank you, uh, Cassie, for your great hosting skills. I mean, I appreciate I appreciate no you. Anytime. <laughs> I was too polite to say anything. I'm glad Cassie's here. Just like fucking line. We, we agreed how this would work. Off to a fantastic start. Anyway, I am Kitty, and I have self-nominated myself as the indie expert on this podcast. Cool. I'm Cassie. I am the resident comic book nerd, one of the resident comic book nerds, and MMO junkie. Uh, I'm, I'm Chris. Um, I, I play all sorts of great games uh, and have all sorts of fantastic opinions about them, I presume. Uh, but I'm mostly here, honestly, just to get Johnny cancelled before he even establishes an internet presence. <laughs> That's a very light goal for pre-10 episodes. You should really aim higher, Chris. Come on, Johnny, who are you? Tell them all about yourself. Uh, <laughs> my name is Johnny, and I just came out of bed for reasons that will become apparent later on in the episode. But uh, other than that, I'm your your basic uh, CRPG guy. I'm pretty much the crunch. So, uh, yeah, anything that involves numbers, I'm nerd. <laughs> CRPG is not a fucking thing. It's it is. RPG, Compu- computer, no. computer RPGs. <laughs> computer RPG. It's a term. Look it up. It's fucking nuts. Baldur's Wait, Gate. Okay. Look it up. Icewind Dale. Look it up. <laughs> Planescape Torment. That's all there. <laughs> They're all the computer. So, Chris or Johnny, uh, now that we've done those introductions, uh, uh, if you'd like to talk about what you've played the last two weeks. All right. Johnny, do you want to start, or shall I? I'll start, I'll start. This week was, uh, I played a few games I uh, will talk about later on. I've been uh, playing a, a lot of uh, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, which is a an interesting little thing that I went back to. I'll talk about that at some point. And I've also been playing a, a little game called Monster Prom, How Do We Go With That, which is quite a fun little game. And then uh, I think, oh, what was that last game I was playing? Uh, I don't know if you guys were playing it as well. It's uh, Cyberpunk, perchance. Yeah, I spent a lot of that today just playing out, and that's kind of went on three hours sleep. But so I'll definitely have a, an opinion on that today. Um, well, that, well, that will dovetail in because I've played Cyberpunk as well. So do you want to cover the first few you mentioned, Johnny, and then we can maybe both have a, a, 
pajama about cyberpunk. I want to hear about um, Monster Prom because I've wanted to play that for a while, actually. It's kind of like half a jackbox game, half dating simulator. That's the best way to describe it. Multiplayer as well. So it's uh, kind of like those uh, dating games, except everyone's playing it at the same time. And the object of the game is to uh, not get dumped on prom, which is devastating if it happens to you, as I found out. So so here, did you play it with somebody then? Yeah, I played it with some friends. Uh, you can play it remote together, so as long as one person has a copy, everyone can play the same game. Why haven't Why haven't we played this? Why the fuck have we not been invited? Yeah, Johnny. No, I do, it's not, another friend of mine owns it and is like, hey, do you want to play some monster prom? And I was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> Johnny has other friends. Oh, I feel betrayed. <laughs> I just feel more angry. <laughs> That's what we need on this podcast, more anger this episode. Um and so here, we used to play uh PUBG. Um and I haven't played it. Fuck, I have not touched that game in like at least a year. Has it changed much? Well, uh there's a funny story about that cuz I think a lot of us were kind of just looking for something to play that wasn't CS:GO or Apex Legends. So we we ended up playing unknown battlegrounds, a bunch of us, and uh, yeah, it was a, uh, it was a, it was a fun game. Uh, it was uh, we loaded up, we went in, we kind of thought like we're going to go in, we'll die a few times, and then we'll uh, get our burns and you know get on of it, or maybe not. I don't know. Maybe the skill cap's gone ahead of us. You know how these games are sometimes. But uh, no, we were playing it, and actually we got a few kills, and I was like, oh, this is this is good. I just got a kill off the bat here, because uh, you, you think you got a bit of rust, but that was great. Uh, my colleagues they got kills as well. And I was thinking, have I been playing other games? Is this is this what it feels like to be good at a video game. And then I got another kill and I thought, fuck, I'm brilliant. <laughs> oh no, this is giving you an ego boost. No, no, this, this is where it gets dangerous. So uh, I got two kills on my first game back to play on Battle Square. And then, then, you know, one of the guys, he got two kills as well. And I was thinking, yeah, we're, we're, we have a good chance here. We're down to like four or five teams. We could actually do this here. And then we realized we saw like a person running towards us and just, you know, running towards us. And then just running towards us. And I thought, well, this guy obviously hasn't seen us, so I'm going to kill him. But then he just sort of like he hit a tree and he, you know, stopped. And he just sort of like stayed there and then he just sort of like turned exactly 90 degrees left and picked another direction and kept running. And that's when it started to dawn on me. For like the last 20 minutes, we'd been actually not really fighting humans. Had you been fighting NPCs? We've been fighting bots. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Bless. How did you not understand? You were playing bots. We drop in, you do a bad scrabble, you get a gun, and you, you kill someone, you think, oh yeah, I got someone, then you kill another person, like, oh, I'm really good at this here, and then your ego's like, no, Johnny, these are actual people you killed, not bots. You're doing great, and then... Aww. It took us 15 minutes to for that to finally dawn on us that we were playing a game mostly of just bots. And then the other human team showed up, and things got very real very quickly. So, I have a question about this, because I we actually used to play it together quite a bit, Johnny. Um, and I left you to, yeah, I left you to die in garages, I left you to die in houses, I left you to die in the gardens, and the yards. I mean, there were all sorts of locations and memories. Schools, left you to die in the school, the hospital, the apartment blocks, the harbour, um, etc. The airport, left you to die in the airport, the military base, the lighthouse, uh, the hills, the cliffs, the forests, and so on and so forth. But here's the thing, we never actually played, to our knowledge, against bots. So, are the bots now something they put in to servers because we I think we could play against bots but you had to set up a specific game mode for it. No, uh, it's effectively a case that uh, they can't fill up a full server so uh, wherever they, whoever they grab gets put in the server and the rest gets filled up with bots so you'll be playing against I'd say two or three maybe four other human teams seems to be the average take 
And then the rest is just filled out of bots. Yeah, because that's where I was going with my line of questioning. Um, because obviously there's a lot more competition for PUBG now. There's Fortnite has obviously been massive since it was out. Also, the new Call of Duty is very good. Apex Legends is very good. And I always and we stopped playing PUBG and haven't been back to it. And then if they're adding bots in now to, to audit, like, is there an option to not fill the server with bots, or is it just like, no, you're playing with bots? To be honest, I, I didn't have time to check at the time. We just we played like yeah, played a couple of hours of it, and then we're like, we'd you know, do other things. But the entire time, we never got a game that didn't have mostly bots on it. That's crazy. So they're they're basically PUBG's popularity has tanked so bad that they've had to fill it with bots because they just can't fill a game anymore wow i think pubg pubg is something i've played very very little of but it always struck me as the most dull one of all the kind of battlegrounds um or battle royales even like apex ruined my life for a good portion of time last year fortnite i've never been into um and warzone like me and chris have played a couple of times but that's that's as far as that goes pubg just never really grabbed me unfortunately it seems to have fallen to the west side I started on PUBG and then I played Fortnite and I didn't bo enjoy both, but I kind of got burnt out on the Battle Royale format by the time Apex came around. But looking at Apex, it is definitely the most polished, the most interesting, slick looking one of the lot. And so it doesn't surprise me that it's the most uh, interesting one to play. It's quality of life compared to PUBG is miles ahead. It's the one thing you notice when you're playing at Apex Legends is that like you pick up stuff in your just picking up stuff and you're just managing stuff on the fly you can't just do that in uh, PUBG. you have to sit down and you know get your knees and open up the inventory and look at the inventory and i think just quickly with fortnite i think it's literally just surviving off the celebrity goods at this point <laughs> like what was the ones just released there they've got some people from the walking dead they've got halo mandalorians in it tonight kratos that's just fucking stupid I'm I'm not a fan of Fortnite. I have tried a few times to get into it, but having all the X Men characters and stuff and some Marvel stuff a couple of months ago got me into it. I bought the season pass, <clears throat> excuse me, and played it for about two hours before I was done with it completely. Yeah, I'll just add really quickly, like Kitty said, um, PUBG and Fortnite blazed those trails. Uh, Fortnite had more momentum and has now it's it's a marketing tour de force. Uh, but then like Apex Legends and Call of Duty Warzone are also just picking up things that PUBG didn't do so well and, and giving, like, like that's the reason I, I'm on Warzone, because it just does certain things better. It's not that I find Call of Duty's world particularly captivating, it's, it's, the, it's the play experience, so. Yeah. Sure, PUBG made its money. It made millions. Who are they? Who do they care? Um, so the last one I think you mentioned, Johnny, then, was Cyberpunk, which is the big one that we're going to talk about, I guess, today. Maybe... Chris can talk about the smaller games that he's played, and then you can both... Maybe we should talk about the other games first, and then we'll come back to Cyberpunk, and we'll talk about it all together, because I think we've all got thoughts. Cyberpunk, a meaty, meaty subject for several <laughs> reasons, so maybe we'll save that one, possibly. Me meaty topic, that's good. We can... Save that for last. Is that, is that because of the options? <laughs> oh, let's, let's save that, please. So, Chris, what else did you play this week? Uh... The game that I've put the most time into. So we played Project Winter last week, which we can maybe chat a bit in a second. Uh, and I'll just cover the one that only I've played, which will be Per Aspera, which is the new um, colony strokes. It's a city builder, if you like, or management game. Uh, now in a sort of burgeoning, if not overcrowded genre of uh, sort of colonization or space-based games, uh, where you 
play the role of an artificial intelligence that has been assigned the job of terraforming Mars, essentially, over the course of a single-player campaign, uh, from that kind of top-down city-building perspective. Um, this isn't the first game to do the sort of colonizing Mars type uh, shtick on the city building genre because you've got like Surviving Mars, uh, Planet Base I think was another one, and there's a couple of other ones. But what it does do... Off-world uh, trading simulator? Off-world trading simulator. Uh, similar, a, little, a different a different focus, but yeah, certainly that would... I'd, I'd put that in the category of just a little different. Um, and it's really nice. Its presentation is excellent. They got... So unlike other games where you just have like say a map, which is a section of the Martian planet. It gives you the entire planet, like a condensed version of it, to to focus your efforts on. It uses topogra topographical maps provided by NASA, and you've got this beautiful little art style where over the surface of the map, um, you've got these little like contour lines and things. And when you zoom out, it's got just a really lovely, clean, like aesthetic. Um, it's hard to describe it as a sort of like scientific analysis. Uh, it's like, You're really selling me on this. Yeah, it, this sounds great. It, it's really nice. Um, it has a nice, chill techno soundtrack to it. It does get a little repetitive. I put quite a few hours into it now, and by the like by the end of the week, whenever Cyberpunk hit and sort of stopped me playing it, it was like, okay, I've, I've heard this a lot now. But it is very nice. Um, what it does differently from other games, apart from giving the whole planet, which you have then to terraform, is that there's actually a story in the campaign. Like, um, the story is you playing this artificial intelligence or artificial consciousness, as they call it, and dealing with the fact that you've been designed to uh, do this mission and become more than just a machine. You're, you're, it's playing with the argument, are you uh, a sentient creature or not? Uh, as you build up and colonize the planet in the name of a specific uh, company or faction, you start to come up against power struggles and decisions within that faction, which are starting to treat you as a... They're saying, oh, you're, you're our property, you're just a machine, you know, that kind of shtick. Um, in terms of the management gameplay style, you're getting uh, your standard kind of, you have to mine quite a variety of different resources, and then you have to build production facilities, so you mine iron ore, uh, like aluminium, uh, uh, like chemicals, and you have to turn it into like food for the colonists and steel. And so you have all these little drones, and they connect all the little buildings up, and it's very much like a sort of management game where you're making sure all of your supply, all of your production facilities are supplied by adequate amounts of resources you need to always be expanding you've got an upgrade tree uh, and the cool thing is as the overall goal of the game is to terraform mars and you're researching technologies to say build uh, co2 emission factories which is kind of funny uh, some technology lets you crash an asteroid into the planet which you don't actually get to see but as you terraform mars you see it turn from a red dusty planet like i've melted the the martian ice caps and it now flooded like lots of the maps so you need to be and it's buried some resources that i couldn't use beforehand so you have to be careful what you're doing well done quid yeah, and it's like I haven't got very far into the game, but I think you get to see like lush greenery appear and stuff. So you actually see the planet transform as you're playing it. I, so that's quite cool. So, of course, I was playing that up until the point that Cyberpunk came out, and then that, that's just taken a backseat. But I do intend to go back and finish off the campaign at the very least. Uh, I'd like to see how the AI's journey ends and uh, how the planet looks. Well, I want to see what the planet looks like compared to what it started as well. So there you go. It's, it's quite good. Recommended for fans of the genre. Nice. What a nice little review that was. Um, Cass, would you like to go next or would you like me to go? No, I'll go. I'll go. I'll say my piece and then we'll we'll get on to the real the real discussion. Okay, this week. What the last couple of weeks what have I played? Um I've played a couple of games which are very similar to each other in that you are a space lady with her AI companion buddy. 
I did see you play that game that I mentioned the last time that made me feel sick. Yeah, De- Deliver Us the Moon and The Turing Test, which are both... Uh, Deliver Us the Moon is probably closer in description to like a walking simulator style game with some floaty space-based action sort of parts that you jump through and sort of guide you through the plot of it and everything. You're basically this one woman who is trying to restart this energy production plant on the moon which then beams all the energy down to earth that shut off five years prior to when you pick up the game at the start of it and you kind of have to figure out the mystery with your your ai companion did you finish the game because i tried to play it and then i've had the vomies um which i've continued to have the vomies which i'll talk about after but did you manage to finish it like was i'll explain in a second but did you was like I want to hear, is it worth me trying to go back and play, basically? How far did you get up to? I didn't, I have not finished it, and nor have I finished the Turing test, the other... Oh, right, okay. Um, Yes, I played the Turing test, by the way, and that's, definitely finish it, that's great. Um, I got to the point where she got up to the space station, and I think I got, like, just, I got the, I got the oxygen working again, and I'm pretty sure that's when I had to stop, because I started to feel vomity. So after the space station is the most nausea inducing part that i have played so far whenever you there's a certain point in it where you eventually okay no spoilers really here you eventually go to the moon so you leave the what? space station. i know wow deliver us that moon. um so you eventually leave the space station when you do leave the space station there is a very topsy-turvy gravity messy mess section that you have to get through so maybe I don't know, take some anti-nausea pills before that. But after that, it's a lot more straightforward walkie simulator kind of thing. Okay, that's what I wanted to know. Because that's where I got to. I got to the moon and I was putting the oxygen on. And then I assumed I was going to the place where I could turn gravity on. But I, I couldn't get there. <laughs> yeah, like I I generally don't get that nausea thing. But it, it kind of made me feel a little bit dizzy. Similar to like the first Cloverfield movie in the cinema. Those kind of shaky cam films. Um, I have enjoyed Deliver Us the Moon so far, and the Turing test is probably not too much more to say other than it's very much like Portal or Superliminal in that way, where it's just it's a series of puzzle space rooms. Basically, you go from one to the next, and you get sound clips that sort of explain the storyline in between sections. Um, I'll probably pick it up and finish it at some point. It was kind of frustrating controls-wise in certain mid-game sections but there was a really really satisfying and quite surprising twist about probably about halfway through it um if you haven't played it and you like twisty ai shenanigans kind of like paraspera i guess do play it it's not a huge game by any stretch so um so i apparently had like any game that I've seen in the last five years that have come out about women in space, about like spacey robot stuff. There's um, lots of them. Because I've played, there is, because there was the one I tried to play, Bring Me the Moon. There's Observation, which is the woman on the spaceship. There's Turing Test, and there's Tacoma, are the four that I can think off the top of my head. Super Metroid. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. You, I've, the original, the original. And there's also Returnal coming out, which looks amazing as well. Anyway, out of all of them, I think Tacoma is probably easily my favorite, though. So just if you haven't played Tacoma, I put that. T- Tacoma is is god tier. I played Tacoma and I had a really great. I know a, a four hour walking simulator you have, which is four hours of just pure killer, no filler. 
that's that's Tacoma. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 great. So just if you haven't played that cast, once you've played what you've finished, I would recommend it. Yeah, I think I'm trying to make a a go at actually completing the games I start for the most part, which has always been an issue for I think all of us at one stage. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm going to go back to those after. I finish, hopefully very soon, the main game I've been playing for the last couple of weeks, which has been Jedi Fallen Order. Thank you, Game Pass, once again for stepping <laughs> up. Um, we are both Microsoft chills at this point. Is that the role-playing one? N- yes. It's it's not. There's no multiplayer. It is basically Tomb Raider in space with Dark Souls elements. That is the long and short of the gameplay description that should tell you roughly what you need to know. To murder in space with Dark Souls. Yeah, because it's been a few months since I, I completed a cast, but I remember I expect the Dark Soulsiness of it, um, but I was not expecting just how Tomb Raider-y it is. It's, it's very Tomb Raider-y. Like, there are lots of Jedi tombs to raid, um, but there's something to be yeah. said. Like, there's... There's, <laughs> there's Jedi. <laughs> you know, you know yeah. what I mean? It's, like, it's okay. a lot of third-person uh, action-adventure, um, but it's, like... There's a lot of uh, puzzles, like environmental puzzles, is what I'm getting at. I think in areas, um, but hey, no, I, I've I've really enjoyed it. Like, and it's kind of come at a good time too, because the Mandalorian season two has been airing these past few weeks on Disney Plus, and I, to Chris and Johnny's annoyance, had not watched any of the Mandalorian up until about a week ago. It makes conversations hard. Kitty Kitty has not watched it at all, by the way, folks. So we'll try to not spoil it for her if she ever does. I will watch it, I think, eventually, especially because everybody's just like loving it so much. But yeah, yeah. But this has been Star Wars corner for me the last couple of weeks. Um, Jedi Fallen Order takes place after the original trilogy. Order sixty six, pretty much. Yes, Order Order sixty six, the order for the clone troopers to kill off all the Jedi is where this game starts. Um, it seems to have some connections to, probably maybe one of you can tell me different, but it seems to have some connections to the Clone Wars um, GI show. Yeah, because they're roughly concurrent in the timeline. And it also... They're all connected to it anyway, because... Yeah, true. Um, it also then has Saw Gerrera from, I'm going to say Rogue One. That was the, the movie he was in, I think. Possibly. Uh, the the Forest Whitaker guy. The, his character, basically. Um, yeah, and I, I really enjoy it. Um, it's probably the most entertaining Star Wars game I've played probably since Rogue Squadron on the N64. And I am so close to finishing it. Um, it's probably not as difficult as people said, but it has resulted in me swearing loudly and throwing my controller down in a fit a couple of times. So make of that what you will. I'd say there are difficulty spikes. It's not consistently hard like Dark Souls, but there are difficulty spikes. Um, for me, I remember Cass. I don't know how you felt about. So it's a it's a lot of fun to fight the stormtroopers with your lightsaber and you're pinging away the blaster bolts, and it all feels very Star Wars. But when you have to fight the fucking space animals, like a lot of the environments are littered with space spiders and space antelope and space armadillos and space space critters and it's just it's it's great fun when you're running around with these dopey stormtroopers but like the animals are just a bit uh, they're, fuckers. they're fuckers but then it wouldn't be star wars without some weird space rodent eating your fucking feet or something you know it's like yeah 
the actual humanoid enemies, generally speaking, are not that tricky. You can figure out the patterns relatively quickly, even so, well, most of the bosses. But I have got my ass handed to me by the wildlife more than the main villains. <laughs> I mean, if that says anything. To the incompetence of the Empire. <laughs> those, those, those space rats have got beef. Like, right. um, With my fucking face. I, I think it's because like the the humanoid enemies telegraph their attacks in a way that you expect and know how to read. But when I come up against like some sort of space gorilla with four arms, I don't know exactly when it's going to attack me. I'm not familiar with this. With this planet. I don't know. I can't remember the exact. There was all sorts of weird animals. I don't think there was a space gorilla, to be fair. But uh, but yeah, I remember that. That was the thing. Also, there's a lot of platforming. And I've, I've mixed feelings of platforming in 3D games in general. It doesn't ruin the game, but it is... When the platforming sections go on too long, I get annoyed. So, uh. Yeah, there's definitely a few ropey control moments with it. Um, mo before you eventually unlock more force powers and stuff, like push and pull. Um, and up until you get the pull power, where you can pull down like swingy ropes and stuff, I was flinging myself off a cliff into oblivion more often than not. Um, and even a few times after getting the pull power, so I don't know what that says about my gameplay skills. Um, you know, overall, Jedi Fallen Order is a great game, and it's on Game Pass. You bugger all excuse if you have an Xbox. Nice. Yeah, I think you, what you said earlier, uh, we're the Xbox shillers at this point. Yeah. <laughs> it's becoming a theme, isn't it? It's either Hades Talk or Game Pass, really. That's that's what we boil down to. We we hadn't mentioned Hades once yet, but, you know, I guess it might be coming. <laughs> Uh, so we're we're, sh we're shilling the Xbox now, but honestly, when the the God of War sequel comes out next year, I'll be if I don't have a PlayStation Five like that. You'll be tits deep in some PS. I want more, I want more God of Boy. So it's a little. <laughs> a little oh God. Um, <laughs> all right, so I'll talk about <laughs> I'll talk about the games I played this week. Sorry, God of Boy just. Especially when I was like tits deep. I mean, out of context, yeah, it's a bit weird. But in my defense, there is a context. He says boy a lot. Okay, <laughs> and I'm sure people, he says boy a lot. Yes, that's very true. Um, okay, so I'll talk about the games that I have played this week. I'm not going to go into excruciating detail because I've played quite a few of them. Um, I'll try and graze over them because I want to get to the meat of what I think we're all kind of itching to talk about, which is cyberpunk. Um, I played Yes, Your Grace. Um, it's a No More Robots published game. Uh, it, If you've ever played Not Tonight, which is basically Brexit Simulator. Um, yes, Grace kind of follows that similar uh, kind of uh, format. It's a it's a 2D pixel game. You play as uh, the king uh, trying to run his region, basically, but you're trying to also defend your region because um, these guys are going to come and try and uh, capture your place because you promised that you'd marry their your your firstborn uh, daughter to them. Uh, and now they're on their way and you don't want to do that. So you marry her off to somebody else instead so that they'll <laughs> give you uh, an army to help you uh, defend your kingdom. So far, so um, normal. Right? Um, totally. Uh, and it's quite nice because the, the main process of it is each day starts with you in your throne room. You have presents and, and, and your people and, and everything and, and royals come in asking you for things. Um, and you have a limited set of resources, whether it be your supplies, your your gold, your generals that you have to play with. 
Um, and then you'll have different parts of the castle you can go to to actually talk and interact with your family and out play the story out that way. At the end of every day, you then decide what you're going to do with your the, your remaining resources. So it's a it's basically a strategy game where you're trying to balance your resources with what you need, keeping your kingdom happy as well as having the, enough to feed everybody and protect yourself and your family. So that was a really enjoyable week game. It, I actually thought it was by the same developers. It's published by the same people, but I thought it was by the same developers as Not Tonight, but it's not actually. It's a different team, um, which is strange because they use the same sound effects. Is it, it sorry, forgive me if you said this already, but is it anything like Papers, Please? A little bit. Yeah, I, I, the only reason I asked is I saw like a few screenshots of it and it reminded me of Papers, Please, where it's like you're making decisions about the kingdom or who gets in or whatever. Yeah, kind of. Um, It's similar in that it's like a strategy game, but I think Papers, Please is A, more dystopian and B, it's more of just a simplistic you're choosing who's come in, whereas um, Yes, Your Grace definitely has a lot more going on and a lot more story around it. Um, I would say that um, Death and Taxes is probably far more like Papers, Please than 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 any of the other games I played lately, um, where you're some you're you're a death, a grim that works in the death office, and you just have to stamp forms on who dies. <laughs> it's Death and Taxes. Uh, it's actually it's really good game. I I played it twice, and I played Yes, Your Grace immediately after i finished the play first playthrough and played it a second time i enjoyed it so much as well i love those kind of games and um, the other kind of in like first like one first person no uh, one player game i played was hypnospace outlaw which i think more people would recognize um because it won a whole bunch of awards um hypnospace outlaw is kind of like one of those desktop simulators um except you it, it's based all at, in like the 1990s but uh, an alternate an alternative 1990s where they created this hardware that you could wear in your sleep that would then take you into this dreamland computer world where you could interact with other people um and you are one of the enforcers trying to be your moderator basically and you're trying to stamp out stuff and it quickly delves into intrigue and and mystery and uh legal illegal stuff and whatever um I enjoyed it, but it is incredibly difficult. Like, if you like to be an internet sleuth, you will love this game because that's what it makes you feel like. You feel like an internet sleuth trying to, like, find the dark parts of the internet um, and, and, and weed out the, the illegal shit. Um, but it is genuinely really fucking hard. So um, it took me a while. Sounds a bit like Orwell. Have you played that game at all? Yeah, um, this is this is way better than orwell sorry orwell (laughs) i did i loved orwell as well like i absolutely adored it but hypnospace outlaw is definitely it takes a lot more skill had a lot more investigative skills than orwell ever did i find orwell was just kind of like a walk in the park whereas uh hypnospace you really need like i had it i i love games where you have to have a notepad out in front of you like actually writing things and hypnospace is definitely one of those games um i put it up there actually with return of Oberdin in terms of like having to really use your investigative skills um as you know rather than the game giving you the answers um and that level and uh, the other two games that i played were multiplayer games i played them with my with my partner who was uh haven and 
<laughs> was Haven and uh, Nights and Bikes. So Nights and Bikes is an older game. Uh, it's about, uh, uh, I think, a year old now, maybe. Um, where you play as two girls on an island with your bikes, having adventures. Um, I actually, we really haven't played a lot of that game yet. Um, but it's just, it's nice. Um, it, it is kind of like silly, silly childlike fun um, dressed up based on children's imagination um, with an actual real serious story kind of behind it. Uh, so we've been enjoying that. And then Haven is a story. Haven is a funny one. Oh, Haven's. Uh, yeah, I, I played the demo of it and I started playing the full game. Thanks, Game Pass. Um, yeah, let, oh, how have you been? How have you been? dealing with it it's an odd it's an odd duck definitely narratively and i think everything's a bit strange about it i do like it broadly but i just find it interesting that it's this really quite like it feels like a japanese anime game made by a french team that that i find really interesting i find it funny anyway that that's the kind of aim they've took um it's made by the same company that made uh Oh gosh, what's it called? You would know it. Oh, it's just going straight to the internet. <laughs> to Google. I'm tra- I'm trying to I'm trying to it's made by the game bakers and they made what is the other one? Ah yes, they, they made Fury. Ah I remember Fury. My Fu- Fury's my old friend. I love Fury. So it's made by the same team. And you can see that in the art style, I think, of the game. But yeah, as a brief, Haven is about two lovers who have uh, seemingly escaped from their society. Um, and it, and it kind of comes out quite quickly in the early stages of the game that essentially there seems to be like a marriage system where they have to marriage, marriage whoever the person they're matched with. These two people weren't matched with each other, but they love each other, so they escaped. And this is them trying to survive on these like remote little islands that they discovered. And and the bulk of the game is a mix of doing things inside your little ship and, and looking after each other and, and the story unfolding in that way. Repairing your ship because it got kind of uh, mucked up a little bit during an earthquake. And then exploring the actual islands themselves, which... The mechanics of is you and your partner kind of gliding about the place um, getting rid of some corruption, I think, some uh, rust in around the islands um, kind of curing little animals on the island that have been corrupted by the rust and giving them pets and stuff. That's really all as far as we've got quite yet. Um, me and Ruben have been playing it together, which is interesting because... Wait, is it... Is it proper co-op? It is, oh. kind of. It's weird because you can control your characters individually, right? When you're outside the ship. But whoever sets off first, whoever's ahead, kind of decides on the direction. And the person behind can look at things and collect them for you as you go around. Um, and it just seems to be whoever's ahead, which is nearly always me because I'm impatient. <laughs> um, and then when it comes to dialogue choices... Rather than me picking one character's dialogue choices and him picking the other dialogue cho- choices, we kind of have a, it's like a vote system where you both have to decide on the same choice for every dialogue choice. Like Divinity? I, I've not played Divinity. Divinity co-op, you have, you have the argument system in Divinity. Yeah. So, yeah, like it was interesting and we're definitely going to keep playing it. Um, we haven't got enough into it, I think, to make a proper call. But the feel, the movement of the of the mechanics feels really nice and smooth and Although the dialogue is a little 
on the side of cringy for me. I am interested in it. I want to see how that unfolds. And I'm interested by the fact that, you know, just the the uh, really up close look at the development of a relationship between two people. Um, you know, I don't think that I've seen that very often. And I'm interested to see what they do with it. Yeah, I mean, what limited time I've spent with it, it seems really sweet. And it seems like it's going to be a really nice love story something you can really get into and everything which is kind of rare to be done well in a video game and like i said from what little i've played it seems like it's got a good foundation to build off a nice like relationshipy kind of story which i i love it's it, yeah i would happily play that all day and there and it does seems to be multiple mechanics there like there's fixing your ship there's looking after your character's health and well-being there's exploring the islands there's um you know trying to cure the animals and all that sort of stuff you can cook etc etc like there's a bunch of stuff going on but yeah it is just nice and chill i'm prepared at some point to cry i'm i'm sure there's going to be a gurn in there somewhere but i'm ready for it to be honest like uh, whenever you're describing it as a an anime but made by french people i was thinking that sounds a lot like a game i've played called fury as you're actually saying it (laughs) (laughs) there's also there's a like this is going back a few years but there's an people argued whether it was an anime or not but it was like anime style made by a french animation house and it's called wakfu um actually sort of sort of similar art style and kind of similar dialogue and that's a wee bit stilted i reckon in haven though the, the issue might be some stuff not getting lost in translation but maybe not sounding quite as smooth as profound as it should no fury's fantastic i played it like a couple of years ago and it's just a you know those games that's just a relentless boss rush the game where like you just finish there's no levels there's no like you know mini bosses there's no sub bosses it's just boss fight after boss fight after boss fight weren't they the one that had carpenter brew as the soundtrack as well yes carpenter brew danger was another one i that's where i discovered danger he's a really really good french dj if you like your french electro you're going to like uh fury anyway um so yeah we did all play a bit about Project Winter, but I think what would be nice is if we could talk, maybe the next time we do a recording, we could like talk about all of the multiplayer games that we've played together. So we'll talk about that one another time. Instead, let's move on to the meat, which is Cyberpunk. Um, and I was thinking that uh, Johnny or Chris, uh, or both of you could discuss it first, because you've actually played it. And so me and Cass, uh, we've seen the news. <laughs> But we've not played it, so... This isn't going to be a done in one podcast. Uh, this is going to be a podcast where, like, you know, we start talking about Cyberpunk. It's probably going to be in a few, you know, podcasts after this as well, because there is a lot to talk about in that game. Yeah, I mean, just to back up what Johnny said, uh, I've put eight hours into it over the last two days, and I can certainly give an initial set of impressions here, but... You can tell it's big. It's it's like it's clearly Witcher big. It's it's a, it's a computer RPG, right? So um, <laughs> it's gonna. It's so much right now, Chris. Yeah, there's so I think uh, I can give. Uh, well, how about Johnny? I give my just initial impression, like first impression, shall we call it, and then you can too, and we'll just compare notes on the. On, so I'll do I'll do two sections: gameplay and performance, because they're. Obviously, there's people will be interested in both sides of that. Um, from a gameplay perspective, it reminds me so much of the old Deus Ex games uh, in terms of its theme of what it's going for, its aesthetic. 
and the way that you interact with the world because it is unlike The Witcher 3 which is the other big game that that studio is famous for or The Witcher series if you, if you want to say that uh, yeah it's first person um, so there's a lot of combat in terms of shooting uh, and it's actually pretty good it's surprisingly good because often with RPGs even if they're first person RPGs I expect the shooting to be a bit rubbish or like a secondary consideration to all the RPGs Can I ask you a question yeah. Chris? Yeah. Are you playing it via keyboard and mouse or via a joypod? Uh, at the minute, keyboard and mouse, because I got a new monitor, so I'm like, oh, this is my chance to... To be honest, I'm thinking I may have to swap from controller to keyboard and mouse, because I feel like I'm playing with like my uh, my Switch controller. And you know when you play, I think this feels like if I just went to keyboard and mouse, a lot of the problems I'm having would be uh, mitigated. To say the least, because it's, uh, it's very finicky at the moment. Yeah, um... So in terms of, I'll start with with the good because they've done some things very well. And if you've played The Witcher Three, the idea you, you CD Projekt Red are very good at world building in that they take the theme of what it is, the aesthetic, and they make it very engaging. And they put a lot of effort into making the world feel like, in this case, a dystopian Blade Runner style future. I mean, it feels like you're playing in Blade Runner, just like The Witcher Three felt like you were playing in, I suppose, a dystopian medieval uh, fairy tale world. Um, like it just it looks graphically fantastic um there's great use it's not necessarily close up in the finer details but just in the world that they've built with the lighting the way they've built the city it feels a lot more personal than a lot of large cities and open world games that say come from ubisoft which can feel a bit sterile at times uh, there's verticality to it there's um there's intersections going above you there's tall buildings there's, there's like crowded signs the streets aren't that crowded with the npcs but yeah it looks it the world has a fantastic atmosphere, and they put a lot of effort into that. Uh, the shooting's pretty good, uh, and from an initial point of view, and the story seems quite good. Like it started on on good cyberpunk beats. I mean, not in the general genre sense. Like it's a, it's a noir story uh, with maybe like hints of conspiracies going on. Your initial like you know starting storyline. What did you go for? I mean the corpo, of course. Anything okay, with, I want the I want the corpo as well. You also. <laughs> oh, we did. They hate each other because they're the same. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. Like, basically becoming like a financial backstabber in like a cyberpunk world was too enticing. It's hey, like... I, I have four shares in Unity. Like, I am I am the corporate man now. You've mentioned. Uh, yeah. So. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Cass. Sorry, Chris. Carry on. Yeah, thanks. Um, yeah, so anyway, like, the world building is really good. That's what I'm trying to say. And the story has started off on a beat that makes me want to continue and keep exploring it. The actual gameplay, um, I mean, you've got your standard sort of uh, RPG dialogues, you know, so you're going in, you've got multiple options. And if it's anything like The Witcher, and I believe further down the line, how you interact with people and even what you say will impact perhaps quests that you've got to do later, if not just interactions with people. Um, so yeah, it's, it's doing a lot of things right in that respect. Uh, I can't evaluate yet uh, what I thought was one of the weaknesses of The Witcher 3, which was some of the actual RPG mechanics, I don't mean the story side of it, I mean just like the, the upgrades and things were a bit meh. Like, playing The Witcher, I I was never excited to level up and put points into any of the skills because it was just like 5% extra damage. It did nothing fundamentally change the way you played. Whereas even in some of the more recent Deus Ex games, uh, you had a lot less to upgrade, like a smaller upgrade tree. But some of the upgrades were really cool, right? Um... And so the problem is with an RPG, if I'm going to keep playing it for hours and hours and hours, 
if I'm just adding 10% more damage here and there, that's not particularly exciting. Uh, there's also, you pick up so much, you don't have to pick it up, but each mission, everyone you kill will drop like another submachine gun or rifle. And there is an upgrade system, but I'm picking up so many guns and bits and pieces of loot that I'm just looking at the little DPS figure that they give with the gun. So I move, oh, this submachine gun I was using was 100 DPS. Oh, there's one with 104 DPS. So I have no reason really to, to get attached to it and really mod it and build it up, which is something I did with the original Desex. And I remember taking the starting pistol right to the end and turning it into a beast. And it felt like my piece of equipment. So there's a bit more of the story there. So, but anyway, yeah, Cass, you had a... It sounds a little bit looter shootery. It, to an extent, anyway, with the weapons. I do know, like, I have opinions on Cyberpunk in general, but I do know from what I've seen about, like, the upgrade system and the different, like, uh, augmentations and things you can get, there's a lot of customization in it, and I, I do think that'll be fun once, like, bugs are ironed out. Um, yeah. I don't know. The Cyberpunk, Cyberpunk looks good so far to an extent, but everything around it has been a bit iffy for me. As I would say, uh, Chris has already played about eight hours, and I've already played about six hours, respectively. I would say we've both really even touched the surface on, like, you know, what the customizations options are, are like leveling up is. So, because I had a look at all the tech trees, all the skill trees, because you want to get an idea of where you're going to head as a character, and there is a lot of like, you know, trees you can just be constantly chipping away at. Like, your guns have trees, you have a tree, everything's got a tree. You, uh, you can get like a cyber deck. It's got its own trees. So when you're decking, you have to level it up and get little programs. Then you have to build your blades into it, and I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be one of those games where you can play up your build, but I think you need to unlock much more of the game for it to start to, you know, make a, an appearance, if you will. Yeah, and I think just to add to that, and to sort of finish off that thought, to move on to the performance um, for me, um, it, it's like, I'm going for the sort of, uh, because I've been watching The Mandalorian, I'm in the mood to shoot a lot of stuff, and it does, it seems to, it's, to, it's devoted itself to the action sequences quite well. There's actually a couple of set pieces. Uh, but I, so I can't really comment on how well the stealth works. I'm just not going that way. I do intend to put points into the hacker side of things, so I'm not just playing like another version of Doom, which so defeats the purpose of a cyberpunk RPG. Um, so I'm going for like a hacker gunslinger, hacker combat style build. So again, I think when we come back in January, I'll probably have just more opinions on how the game rewards you and how satisfying it is to upgrade these things versus does it just feel a little bit like you're throwing points into stuff for the sake of it. Chris, I have a question for you. How long did you spend in the uh, character creation mode? So I kind of, I kind of fucked that bit up a little bit. Um, also, <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I'm the most unoriginal person when it comes to like, when it comes to RPGs. I do love them and getting into the story, but I always just, there's, I, I'm overwhelmed by options in these things. So I usually just go for like default person with a different color of hair, which is what I did. And I added like different eyes and a face tattoo, and I was like, that's good enough because I, I couldn't be bothered fixing the nose and things. <laughs> Um, <laughs> what, um, Chris, what else did you customize in the game? That's it. <laughs> that's literally that's, it. That is the only thing. <laughs> Nothing more adventurous. No? Well, I was, uh, I was, I was going to every option. Uh, you can do things like you can put like little, like you know, cyber details, like you know, skin grafts and wee scars, and you can like you know, do all individual like you know, like fingernail paints, and if you wear lipstick or like if you've got like a beauty spot, your typical, you know, as much stuff as possible. Then I got to the uh, the genitals option <laughs> that that kicked in. Oh boy! And uh, yeah. So this is where we get to the to the other half of this conversation. Uh, There's three where... options given for a certain <laughs> part of the appendage. I've seen right. Okay, so like I'm okay. Maybe we're not going to get into the full discussion of this just yet. But like, there's certain things I've seen like. Um, 
I've seen somebody who was like, don't pick uh, an uncircumcised penis because you will get made fun of for the entire game by all the characters. What? Um, and then I've seen <laughs> screenshots where uh, <laughs> there's been graphical errors where the penis has like glitched through the pants. So for some reason, it's rendered all the time. So you just see this little ping. I would, I would, I would say that's the. I think that's the character. The point of people who played does they pick the uh, the largest appendage is probably gonna have that problem. <laughs> like even well, if that's the largest one, I feel uh, sad for the smallest one because at least there's nothing more unimpressive to me than <laughs> a flaccid penis. <laughs> like sorry guys, sorry men listening, <laughs> your flaccid penis does fucking nothing. Um. <laughs> for me uh but yeah um i think that there was a lot of hubbub around cyberpunk before it was released because they had discussed the fact that there would be uh genderless choices and that you could make choices on your body and you could make choices on your voice and your hair and everything else uh your your genitalia separate from whether you were male or female that was what was discussed at least that's what i remembered um and they did not really deliver no no they did not oh god yeah so this is where i come in um so this is never something that i wanted to bring up directly in such an overt way on this podcast but i'm trans i'm a trans woman welcome to the landmines <laughs> yeah no this is like this is the thing talking about, even for me talking about trans stuff online like this is a fucking minefield at the best of times but i'm going to preface this with this all comes basically from me if you don't agree shout at me on twitter or something everyone else does so we'll go for there so cdpr made this whole song and dance about having design your own body kits basically um if you want to be a girl with a dick you can be if you want to be a guy with vagina by all means float your boat um and as well as that i think the body types and general customization let you fuck around with stuff as far as i know because i haven't played cyberpunk yet and probably won't until next year because of all the bugs and stuff ancillary to this so the thing that I know, one of the things that annoyed me about the trans representation in this game, although it is good to see to an extent that trans people are being noticed and put forward for these things, I don't think CDPR have hit the mark with it. Um, so you can do all these different fun customization stuff with your character. You can have the biggest dick in the world on the most feminine of frames if you like. But one thing that came down and one thing that came out during the development process and when they were really going into the character customization, customization thing is that your pronouns that the characters are referred to, one, it's, as far as I know, always male or female. There's no in-between non-binary option. Um, and that pronoun option is hard tied to your voice. Um, as you may notice, my voice is not the most stereotypically feminine in the world, although work in progress, we'll see how that goes. Um, and although I hate my voice personally, and this podcast is kind of helping me get over that, it would be nice to be able to fully represent my lived experience in a game. So let's have the fairly femme body and everything and she her and everything but also maybe her voice is a little deeper who knows that is accurate and great representation and like i think i'm kind of ranting here a little bit but you three get that right so if you're gonna if you're gonna include trans shit do it right and it's one of those things as well where like 
coding wise like with with the amount of work and effort that's gone into that thing it's like literally a 10 minute job that they could have been like choose your pronouns in this character select screen that easy yeah it's a slider it's a it's an on off but ironically a binary choice and it just that that frustrated me beyond beyond a lot of other things related to this game i think that their uh, attempt feels uh, like it lacks nuance yeah it's they missed the mark and this is all all this stuff about like the character customization and everything is also tied into what they did with that uh sex worker ad that made all gaming headlines the the girl with the dick bigger than my arm um stuffed into a skin tight leotard which okay yeah kind of hot but also very incredibly exploitative whenever you've not care and due diligence into the other aspects of the trans stuff which you're then simultaneously throwing at every on every press release for the game it just it's an act of exploitation rather than inclusion i feel like the writers room probably missed a certain element see well did they miss it or were they exploiting it because like never mind the actual content of the game on a gaming podcast the the actions of their staff in particular a few did you assume my gender jokes on twitter by their official account like kind of speaks to what the corporate um what you, what would you call it the corporate culture is like or maybe i'm sure broadly they're probably quite lgbt supportive or something like that but their actions to me don't signal that in reality like there's they're a polish company right and they're uh, poland in general is facing um quite a harsh government and 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 not very great rules for the lgbt or for women uh in general particularly trans people in this theory in pol- <laughs> political corner for this episode i guess but poland are basically trying to erase trans people in general they actually they have those uh they have those the lgbt non-zones or something like that came up recently in the news yeah but this is what i want to look at as a whole right let's look at the fact that they've snuck in racist jokes let's what? look at the fact that the game oh yeah they they snuck in uh, some yep some really horrible racist jokes there's so there's racist jokes and general racist caricatures as well yeah there's a ba- there's a real bastardization I think of what it means to be cyberpunk and if you take it and distill it down to what it it it's literal meaning right it's cyber and it's punk it's the fear of the combination of uh, amendments to a human body with cyber parts and then you take the punk side of it which is very um anti-authoritarian it's screw the man uh, it's anarchy etc etc and you put those things together that's what you should get and obviously we associate uh cyberpunk with like things like blade runner and and um all that sort of thing um that at the time at its height was also confused and condensed with a fear of like japan and asia and unknown cultures uh, by an american audience and i th- still think that that's kind of carrying through to today where that's what a lot of large companies seem it to mean but from what i've seen cyberpunk is actually very pro capitalism and very 
pro-commercialism even in in this dystopian society so again to me can't be punk then because <laughs> that's not what punk is yeah this is the thing like i've seen i've seen this on twitter i like because i've not played it and again will not play it for some time i've been following it a little bit on twitter and youtube and just seeing general impressions and um doesn't seem very punk when a lot of the missions feature you helping helping the local police force corporate police force i believe um yeah and and killing like really low-income people or people in gangs or whatever and like being rewarded for it the whole thing just so the last thing that i saw then was the character models as well where um the car like obviously the the world of cyberpunk isn't really as full as as it, you know we were led to believe that it would be which you know that's pretty common i think um and you know it has issues with bugs and it has all that stuff whatever like that's pretty it's almost standard at this point which is ridiculous but it is um but the fact that they have one female character model one female character animation and that walk is this big really emphasized sexy sachet just leads me to believe that this is a team that don't care about nuance they don't care about actual representation in their games unless you're a man i'll put it this way it's it's cyberpunk feels very dated in some aspects which is you know not cyberpunk if it feels dated the genre to me i mean it's felt a bit done to death for quite some time now but i was interested i guess to see what cdpr do with it because okay as much as i wasn't a massive fan of the witcher never really got into it that was a big like gaming moment when the witcher 3 came out and once it was patched um and people really got into it and it's really been a mainstay of gaming for a while like people always refer back to it and i was kind of hoping with like a pedigree like that cyberpunk would be would be more like that but just just too many problems around it also side note for a like a game that's set in a cyberpunk like transhumanist role i don't think they'd be like making too much of a fuss about a girl with a dick you know you would imagine right yeah i mean screw it let's have a tentacle put on instead of a fucking baby, <laughs> you know? let's go all, let's go all cthulhu on this i imagine that it would be yeah like in my head i thought it would be like star trek meets cyberpunk right that's what i imagined because star trek star trek was so fucking ahead of its time i think star trek features the first non-binary character ever like the trill maybe yeah yeah the trill symbiote uh yeah so that's that's what i was hoping for that's not what was delivered um that aside a year from now it may be uh, uh vastly improved in terms of how stable it is etc etc but i was like you i well i i love the witcher so i was really excited for it initially and then just as things started to come out and all the things about crunch as well i was just like yeah we haven't even talked about that yet but like fuck it i'll just go back and play vampire the masquerades if i want fucking good dialogue at this point <laughs> jesus christ um and there's a new one of that coming out soon get ready to be at this point i'm just ready to be disappointed by things because i'm just disappointed so regularly by companies just being shit and run by shit men it's always shit men that just don't give a shit and that just write these terrible things so yeah anyway that's our thoughts i guess yeah anyway <laughs> cyberpunk's a whole thing i will play it i like let's put all the criticism to the side for the moment dear audience i will play it at some point i i feel like i can't let my little smoldering fire of outrage over the trans stuff blind me completely to it because 
I'll be honest, like we were talking about The Mandalorian before, some of the cast members on that have said some pretty questionable stuff about trans people, but if I cut out everything where that was a particular issue, there'd be very little for me to read or enjoy or watch. So I will get around to it at some point, and I'll probably give a much more nuanced take on what the actual nitty gritty of it is during the, my playthrough and everything, but I, I think for now it's, I'm gonna wait until it's got a good few more patches out, so. Yeah, let it be cheaper too. Um, okay, so uh, does anybody have any other points to add before we move on to other stuff that happens uh, this week? I, I can't uh, follow that in, in terms of uh, importance, but all I'll say is on the bugs, I got one bug in my eight hours, which isn't bad. One? Okay. I know, I know. Um, I think PC is meant to be the less buggy version. It's consoles are the ones that are having the uh, the big problems. There's a long way to go, but the one bug had uh, it was sort of I was going towards the end of a level and I had to exit through an elevator and you had to clear out all the enemies in the room before you could get into the elevator and go. And uh, I was like, where's this last enemy? Because I'm going to kill all the rest of them. And I got into the elevator and there was just this like sort of boss level, like high level character phasing in and out of the world, like something out of Event Horizon, just with like they're doing like a T-pose. <laughs> Oh, the T-Pose. <laughs> so I just shot them in the back with a shotgun and took the, the elevator car to go, well, that was an anti-climax. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, I've seen some of the screenshots, actually, comparing PC and console, and oh, woof. it's woeful. Um, this, game needed, this game needed another month or two in the, in the oven, at least. It needed a fucking year. They should have just sucked it up. It needed a year of no crunch. Yeah. They needed to just, like, as somebody who whose job it is to organize teams and schedules in games, I can tell you crunch is not fucking necessary. And if they are crunching, a manage, management has fucked up. That's basically the long and short of it. And as a company that literally has made millions and millions and millions, they could afford another year. Just. Anyway, and never mind. Let's move on to the game advertisements. That went game awards, out on Thursday. See advertisements. Okay, yes, okay. The Game Awards. Um, I actually, honest to God, can only remember the one, which is the last one. Oh no! Uh, the Among Us team won a couple, and they cried. Oh, oh nice. Uh, whilst they gave their speeches, and it was very adorable. Kind of sus, but okay. <laughs> the Hades Hades did not win Game of the Year, which I'm very disappointed at. Um, The Last of Us Two did which I have lots of thoughts on, because also Crunch. Also Crunch, yeah. Uh, Hades did win uh, Indie of the Year, and they did win... They won Action Game of the Year, actually, for it, which was great. Um, Final Fantasy Remake won a couple of things. Oh, what did Final Fantasy... I never... Okay, right. I didn't watch any of the Game Awards slash advertisements, apart from just the trailers, because it was on at 7 o'clock at the, in, at the night for me. So... What did Hades? Uh, sorry, what the, what were the winners? Do we have a list of those? No, I don't. This is what I was gonna say, right? The reason I can't remember this is because literally for the most of the awards, they would just like barrel off five or six, and then there'd be another thirty minutes of advertisements, and so like I can barely remember half of them. If somebody wants to get the list up whilst we maybe talk I'm about, I'm already in Wikipedia. Yep. <laughs> Final Fantasy Remake was probably one of my. It was probably probably was my favorite game this year, because of the hype. Just the fucking hype. Well done, hype. What did they win? 
out of interest. I think they only won the the the, the, the music one, the soundtrack one. They were nominated. They were nominated for art direction. Lost to Ghost of Tsushima. The just tell us what they won. I don't want to care what they. I don't care what they. Oh, lost. oh, oh, that. <laughs> I don't care. Just get, what did they, they won get? a they won RPG of the year. No, they got the best score in music as well, according to this. Yes, the music. Yeah, they got the best score, which I was actually that was a really to, to be fair, right? With this year, the competition was stiff. Like it, there was so many good great get Graham good. Get, <laughs> Re- there. Rewind. there was so many great games this year between and and every time i looked i'd rem- i'd be remembered I'd, oh, what, what the god is wrong with my brain <laughs> i'd be reminded of final fantasy of of kitties of whatever other games um i didn't play last of us 2 obviously but i did hear that people did love it the ones who did play it unless you were an angry man and and hated the fact that there was buff ladies in it in which case you were insulted my Twitter was full of buff ladies for a couple of weeks, and it was a great time to be online. Right. I'm just, just saying. I'd love buff ladies to come back to my Twitter anytime. Take, take note, viewers can bring buff ladies to my Twitter. Well, I have a few Twitter accounts you should follow, but uh, we'll, talk <laughs> we'll talk about that after. Um, there was a buff lady that I started watching on TikTok, actually, because in the first video I saw of her, she was doing a Scottish accent, and I was like, <laughs> my jimmies. Uh, but then all their other videos are her doing this really, like, southern, I think, or whatever, American accent, and I was like, oh, this is far less hot now. Can you do that Scottish one again? <laughs> I'm terrible. Anyway, never mind. Moving on. Um, some of the big pieces of news. Sephiroth is now in Smash Bros. Sephiroth. That that uh, advert got extremely dark for like a split second. I thought um, Mario was fucking ended. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Sephiroth, right? And Sep- that apparently that advert out of all the adverts from the game awards is still even now the most watched one because people are so excited it's just fan hype isn't it though like i love god i love smash i really wish i could get into smash i i really tried and i see the appeal and i think it's a good game i just can't it's just not for me and it really annoys me because i i want to be part you of have the to fun. be good at it you, you do, yeah I <laughs> out of this group what me me kitty and johnny have played against each other and it basically came down to a slobber knocker between me and Johnny at the end of it. No, I remember Ruben was quite good at it because at one point we were starting a match and Ruben just dropped through the map to get to me. And I was like, hang on, that guy's played this game before. Oh shit, I'm in a fight. No, you're like, you know, oh shit, I'm in a fight. It's like, oh, that was a dodge cancel? Oh fuck. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, that person knows what they're doing. Meanwhile, I'm just with Clyde being like, ding, ding. Like if if it was an animation equivalent, it'd be ding 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 ding. Yeah, I've got the sword. It's like the anime moment where like there's a pause, like we land across the A. Hmm. That guy knows what he's doing. We got us a fight. Because <laughs> I just saw him just drop through the scenery to get to me. It was a sobering moment. <laughs> I remember I got I got you with like a night. Sorry, we're just going off on one now. But I remember doing like a teleport behind thing to finish the match, and it was fucking glorious. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to barrel through the rest of these, uh, and you can interrupt me as you will, but, um, 
we're doing a slightly longer episode than normal because there is a lot to talk about and we're, this is holiday episode um because i think this will be the last one until potentially the new year but we'll see yeah this is like the listener's christmas treat i hope they appreciate it like how nice we are <laughs> yes just in your stocking uh there is a new dragon age game which I am quite excited about. Uh, I'm currently playing Dragon Age Two, which I know is the shit one, but then I'm going to play Inquisition. And uh... you want to, you want, you, you, you don't want to miss anything. <laughs> no, and I don't want to miss a thing. Inquisition was so, it bored me to tears at the time, but I'd be interested. To, yeah, it's been so long now as well. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it, Kitty, when you've when you've played it. So. When I when I get there, I'll let you know because I loved Origins. Um, there's a new Mass Effect. Which I'm feeling very conflicted about. It li- okay, hang on. Hang on, right? I love the look of it and I hope that it's good, but the end into three was underwhelming. That is what it is, whatever. Um Andromeda was a hot mess. Um so after Andromeda, I'm kind of like, I'm gonna reserve my excitement. Because again, disappointment. Um but I don't like <sighs> Uh, as someone who's played Andromeda like a few weeks ago, whew, oh, it did not get much better. And do you know what I'd be interested to know? The, because this is the thing, right? You, you, I feel you can notice a distinct difference between Mass Effect 1 and 3 because the original writer left. Uh, the There was Mass Effect 1 had the original writer, Mass Effect 2 there was two writers, and Mass Effect 3 the original writer was left and it was just that other writer. And I, I feel like you can really feel the difference once the original writer left. I'd be interested if the original writer has come back. That would get me. That would have my interest peaked. Wait, has he? Have there? No, ever? no, I don't. I don't know. But but if if he has, then I'll be then I'll be interested. Until then, I'll be like. Well, I don't know because uh, Microsoft have bought so many sort of like RPG studios recently that he might have just been caught caught up on that because they got they got Black Isle, they got Bethesda. There's a, no, there. It, this, it, this was ages ago, and I think there was something shitty going on behind the scenes. From if you look at the the timeline of it, it seemed like something shitty was going on. Not that I have any any information on it. It just seemed a bit fucky. But um, anyway, there is. The, I don't think anybody here really cares about this, but I'm bringing it up because there's a new Evil Dead game, um, which I find endlessly amusing. <laughs> For those that don't know, I uh, I worked on an Evil Dead game. Um, and I knew that this evil that this new one was in the works because we find out whilst we were making the one we were working on that they were looking for somebody to make it and they weren't going to choose us. Oh. <laughs> and that just says what it says, friend, and I find it endlessly amusing. Um, well, I played your game. Scared the living shit out of me because it's VR, I guess. That helped. Yay. So uh, it's the baddest, best evil dead game that I've played. Oh, you. I, I think what didn't help was that it was mobile right and we were working within the limitations that we had and there was other production issues and whatever but i know that it wasn't the game that the players wanted or or that evil dead fans wanted um i think we knew that they wanted a game like the one that's being released but we just weren't in the environment to be able to provide that for them and we were stuck with what we were making i think if we were given the chance we definitely could have made a good one but you know it obviously like the game looks really good so I ain't mad, but maybe my my boss is mad. Who knows? My ex boss. <laughs> um, other games uh, that look pretty cool. Returnal that I mentioned earlier. Um, there's a game uh, called Season. Don't know if anyone picked up on that. Oh, I must have missed that one. 
season is the really just super stylistic one where you play as a, a, a woman. I think it's a woman anyway, It might, um, if I'm remembering correctly. And it's just you exploring this fucking beautiful picturesque uh, place with your camera and little sound equipment and um, taking photographs of animals and signs. And uh, it just seems to be super chill with this lovely, wee, cute story with it. Is it one of the ones that had quite a cel uh, shady cutesy art style, or is that because I seen there was a bunch of them? I'm so happy that everywhere isn't going all into all in on the photorealism, but like there was a bunch of like cel shady, cartoony, thick lined kind of games that I saw announced. Yeah, season was one. Um, there was one I can't remember now. Uh, being in a car with your mum. That was an Annapura one, I think. Uh, there was a whole bunch of different ones like that. I love one with a little girl character that kind of seemed like Legend of Zelda, except with this little girl on an island and you could swim under the ocean. Uh, I can't remember the name of that one off the top of my head, but yeah. And um, there's a new near Automata. Ooh, sorry, was the island the one? Was the Stadia? Was that Stadia exclusive or something? I don't know. Because it looked real good and then I seen Stadia and then I just thought, well, never play that. Yeah, right um yeah so there is a new near it's not automatic it's a new near it's a prequel so there was a trailer for that that dropped uh this is the uh remaster they're talking about no 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 this is a prequel to near automata this is a brand new game well you think you'll find that the previous near is kind of a prequel to near automata but you need to play near automata but you didn't know that you talked about this before i think <laughs> well this is a this is another prequel Johnny. jolly you had just such a comic book guy moment there <laughs> I think you'll find <laughs> the Kitty, you need to understand the timeline. There's a timeline here. <laughs> Sora got norted. Sora got norted. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, gotta move on. There's a new perfect dark. I was gonna say that. I just looked at the list. I was like, so. I love how they won't let it go away. I, and I'm not even being sarcastic. I love. Because it was just towards the end of the N64's lifestyle. Rare were, like, like, we made Goldeneye, we need something else. We need to put something else on. And they did Perfect Dark and everyone loved it. And then they made a Perfect Dark for the 360 and everyone was a bit meh. And then Rare, well, Rare. Uh, I Are Rare making it, actually? Uh, That's the other thing. Uh, no, I don't think they are. Okay. I, I, I'm pretty sure they're not, actually. But I can't remember who it was. The last thing, honestly, the last thing I remember Rare doing is Viva Pinata. What do they do these days? I think they see a Thieves or something they got there. Oh right, yeah. Oh god, they did. <laughs> sea of Thieves is so shit. This is the thing though. Sea of Thieves, the people who love Sea of Thieves love it. I call it a piece of shit, but I know that it's not. I just am not its player base. I think I throw piece of shit around a lot for somebody who who if somebody said my games were pieces of shit, I'd be real sad. <laughs> Chinatown Detective Agency, one out of ten. <laughs> Um, the last thing, this, there might be more, and Chris, if you're looking at the list and you see something, say it after this. I'm actually super excited about the Disco Elysium update because I bought it and I haven't played it, and now they've just announced that there's a huge update, including complete voice acting, that's coming free for anybody who bought it in March. And I'm so excited! So I'm gonna, I was gonna play it over Christmas, and I'm gonna hold off till March, and um, because that's class. You know where that game's pretty big. Mm, I'm so excited. I, no, I know it's huge, and I've wanted to play it. I just, you know, you know, it's a, you know, it's a CRPG, kid. Is it a CRPG, Johnny? <laughs> God. Jesus Christ. Um, but yeah, Chris, sorry, you were gonna say. Um, 
sorry, just a little more detail. You said that they're bringing more voice acting into it because I played a little bit of it, and this is such a like this reflects so badly on me and my patience, but um, because there's so much reading in it, and after a full day of just working and reading a lot of stuff, I didn't want to sit up at the same computer desk and read more for the for what I knew was a very good video game in a really cool world. I just bounced off it for that reason, and that's sad because it looks awesome. Uh, yes, I completely understand what you mean, um, because I tried to play it. The reason I haven't played it yet is because I wanted to play it on my laptop, which I connect to my TV. But there's no controller support for Disco Elysium, which is why I put it off. Because I don't like sitting in front of my computer at the end of my day when I've sat on it all day. Well, it's a, it's a computer RPG, so you need to be sitting in front of your computer. Johnny, I'll <laughs> fucking murder you. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta murder you. But yeah, so, um, but I recently bought uh, one of those little wireless keyboard and mouses that I can just stick into my laptop. So now I can sit and do it at my TV. Um, but I'm going to wait now until March. Um, with the, all this voice acting and stuff comes in because I think that's class and I'm excited about it. But yeah, is there any other big game trailers that I haven't picked up on that, that you have been like, oh my gosh, this looks amazing? Not the trailers. I, I just took, I'm not going to go through every category, but there's just a couple of interesting little games on the awards. Um, like Best Ongoing Game, No Man's Sky, which I just have flashbacks to talking about games that release that are not dumb. Uh, no Man's Sky, I remember buying it thinking, oh, it'll not be that bad. And I tried to play it and I was just, my heart was broken slightly. So I left it and I still to this day can't go back to it. But I really, I think it's improved quite a bit. So I'm glad to see that's there. But you have to understand, they fixed, them, they fixed themselves. I played a little bit of No Man's Sky relatively recently and I never played it when it came out in 2016. Uh, but it was good. Uh, it takes, it's a bit of a time sink, but it was fun. Um, just in the topic of their uh, award, uh, you could really see, I think Sean's his name, you could see the genuine shock on his face when he won the award. Um, he was like, uh, and then he literally said, I can't believe we won. Fortnite wins all the time. Like, like this is always Fortnite. I, like, this is a genuine shock. Um, and that was kind of endearing. Uh, best debut game, Kitty? Did he see what game won best debut game? Best debut, best debut. Phasmophobia. Oh, we did see that. Oh, I did see yeah. that. Yeah, I'm so happy. That's Among Us and Phasmophobia. Two games that got launched right up there because of a lucky stream, I guess. That's so sweet. Uh, that's so awesome. Good for them. Yeah, because in silence, I would argue that in silence is so similar to Phasmophobia, and it's just one lucky stream away from being picked up as well. Um, equally, Project Winter, which I know we didn't end up talking about this stream, but I do feel like. Um, Project Winter is among us, but more gamey, I suppose, in the stuff that you have to do, um, and it is definitely deserving, I think, um, because I'm, I'm, I did, I, I kind of, I'm the sort of person that like hyper focuses on things, so I'll like get really into a game and I'll play it to death, um, and then I'll completely lose interest. Whereas I think Project Winter, I'm more likely to play longer because there's more complexity. But yeah, uh, Chris, do you have another one for us? Yeah, just looking through them, uh, best strategy sim uh, with Microsoft Flight Sim over the top, which like it's as if it's really a testament, I suppose, to just how technically impressive it is. I mean, I flew over my house and my hometown in Northern Ireland, and then I haven't picked it up since. But you do go around for a while and think this is really cool. Uh, I love how I can fly anywhere in the world. But then you have to factor into account. You have to take into account the fact that it is also a simulator. So I was like, I fancy just before bed flying from northern Vietnam to, to Hong Kong. That looks pretty close in a map. 
but it's going there in real time, so it takes like six or eight hours. Like, you, you fly a bit of it, and you're like, I've had enough. <laughs> so, um, One thing I like about it is that, uh, say like in the news, it's got active weather systems. So if you heard like a, there's a hurricane going somewhere, you can decide to fly on that hurricane. Oh, the tech underneath is incredible. Like, it's really impressive. I, I, I suggest on, on, on Game Pass, everyone just downloads it and has a fly around for a bit of fun. It's not maybe going to captivate you if it's not your type of game. I, for, for some people, go out and enjoy it. It's, it's brilliant. But for everyone else, it is actually just worth taking a look at to see what it can do. One of my artists has that, uh, it's not a disorder, but do you know the way some people just literally can't imagine things in their head? Like it's not possible for them? Oh yeah, I can't remember what it's called, but yeah. I forget to, yeah, but my one of my artists has that. And so he's using, legitimately using Microsoft uh, Flight Simulator to go because he's doing environment locations so he uses microsoft uh, flight simulator to go to that location so that he can see it and then does his art based on on that and that's how he's using it which i think is really cool that's awesome yeah um and there's like in our game you can go to like 40 different locations so he's playing video games productively i know right what <laughs> how does that work but yeah uh, okay so if there's no other standouts Oh, just just Tony Hawk's one and two winning best sports racing, you know the the remake, uh, which is which is kind of funny because it's like a decade. How old is that game? And it's still the best in twenty twenty. Guys, if any game should have won best music. Oh yeah, that soundtrack's incredible. <laughs> it's so good. Um. Anyway, uh, so I think what we're gonna do. This is our bumper episode. It's gonna be the last episode of the year. Uh. And so when we come back in January, we'll be on a two-week update schedule and we'll probably kick off with our game of the year. Traditionally, I think podcasts do them at the end of the, like in December. But I think for us, we'll we'll spend some time maybe catching up on some of the games that we didn't play this year, um, if we so choose. Uh, and then we can decide and have a discussion in January about what games made 2020 for us. Um, otherwise, I think that's us. Yeah, uh, thanks everyone for listening and um, we're now officially across a bunch of different channels you can find us on spotify anchor um uh we have our twitter account now at fp fp shouters <laughs> p shouters not shooters i know apologies um and we're also on instagram and you can find us i'm still kitty underscore crawford i am still at casterix i am still at superfixel and Johnny is still in your bed. And I still haven't worked at the Twitter thing yet. <laughs> <laughs> I just episode the last episode where you're like, I'm Johnny and I'm in I'm from your bin. Oh, <laughs> uh, you're our Oscar the Grouch. You're Oscar the Grouch. Uh yeah, so bye everyone. Bye. Bye bye. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas and a happy new year. Please please tell us we're cutting that part. <laughs>